Hey, what's going on, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to the Outsiders NFL podcast. Josh Frysam here. I know it's been a while, but I am back. I know I have not recorded, but I figured what better time to make a comeback episode than, than for the 2020 NFL Draft. Uh, this is my 2020 NFL Draft mock draft 1.0. This is my favorite time of the year here uh, in the in the NFL schedule. As much as I love watching uh, football on Sundays, I absolutely love watching these millions of dollars getting passed around at this point in the offseason with the free agency hype and the draft hype and watching these NFL rosters actually take shape. Um, this is ex- an exciting, especially exciting time of the year for me. And this offseason is a little bit different than most um, because we have the CBA that's getting worked out. Uh, there's a new CBA. Hopefully, everybody comes to an agreement. Hopefully, there's no lockout, and um, hopefully, we can stay on our regular schedule that we are used to for the NFL season, and, and we get to watch football in August once again. But this is my mock draft uh, for my mock draft 1.0 for the 2020 NFL draft taking place in Las Vegas, Nevada this year. That should be quite interesting in Las Vegas. I've heard some of the ideas that they have that they're floating around there, um, shipping players off in, in boats and stuff like that to uh, um, to the stage. That could be interesting. But uh, anyways, a little bit of housekeeping. I'm not going to do t- any news here, um, but I've had a chance to take a look at each team's salary cap situation and to allow me to better understand you know, what might take shape in, in, in the first round here, who might be trading um, in the first round. And speaking of cap space, we have three teams that are kind of notable in, in, in their cap space situation. The Pittsburgh Steelers have the least cap space as they are actually sitting in the red right now at this point in time. They are negative two plus million dollars um, in cap space. This is a team that does not hold a first round pick this year. They are one of four teams without a, a first round pick. They are in cap hell right now. And I don't even know really where to begin with these guys. I could do an entire episode on these guys' cap situation. They have big names that they need to resign now, including Bud Dupree. They have big names coming up that they need to resign, including TJ Watt. And then they have their their quarterback, their Hall of Fame quarterback, Ben Roethlisberger, who nobody knows what his health situation is, and he's eaten up a lot of cap space himself. So the Pittsburgh Steelers, good thing they don't have a first-round pick this year because they would probably be trading out of the first round anyways. Um, The Minnesota Vikings are another team. They're currently sitting under a million dollars in cap space. Uh, Stephon Diggs and Xavier Rhodes are the two names that they could cut to make some room. Um, One of those two will be gone, I guarantee that, because uh, they do have a first-round pick. And I don't think they want to be trading out of that first round. So if they do not get rid of either of these two guys, then they will be trading out of the first round. But um, I I fully expect one of them to be gone because they are both eating up significant amount of money and cap space and uh, will clear significant significant amount of cap space should they be cut or traded. Um, Xavier Rhodes is a guy who is obviously being looked at as, as as a regressing player at this point in time in his career. And Stefan Diggs is being looked at just as an expendable piece, um, eating up a lot of cap space, could probably get a decent draft haul for him or, or, or a solid player in return for him. And finally, the Atlanta Falcons, um, currently sitting at $4 million in cap space. The Atlanta Falcons are interesting because a lot of their top money getters are really crucial, integral parts to their 
to their organization. One guy that might that could get moved uh, is Devontae Freeman, um, who would clear up three and a half million dollars of of cap space should he get released. But besides him, it's kind of tough to pinpoint exactly where the the Atlanta Falcons would clear cap space. They might be trading out of the first round. Who knows? That that could be a team that that we do in fact see trade out of the first round. But as it stands right now, those are the three teams that are kind of in salary cap trouble. The, along with the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Los Angeles Rams, Houston Texans, and Chicago Bears are all without first-round picks, leaving four first-round picks left on the board. And that belongs to the Miami Dolphins, who have three total in the first round, the Jacksonville Jaguars, who have two, and the Las Vegas Raiders, who have two themselves. That's it for housekeeping. Let's get into it here. I'm 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 recording in my home today, not in the studio, so I hope you guys will indulge me as I speak somewhat extemporaneously here uh, for this episode as I just found a little bit of time in my schedule, but let's get into it here. The the Cincinnati Bengals are on the clock for my my mock draft 1.0. Guys, this isn't very difficult. Joe Burrow just came off of one of the uh, best seasons in college football history. In short, he just fits what the, the what Zach Taylor and the Cincinnati Bengals are trying to do. The quarterback out of LSU uh, might not possess as much upside as that as Tua Tagovailoa. We'll see, uh, depending on his health and whatnot. But uh, Joe Burrow right here, as, as much as I expect the uh, Cincinnati Bengals to eat up all 10 minutes of that of that clock that they are, they are allotted on draft day, I don't think that we're going to be in store for too much drama here. I think Joe Burrow is the pick here. He fits what they're trying to do. And and not only that, but he's a guy who can come in and play now. The Cincinnati Bengals is a franchise that needs a spark. They need an energy here to get going. And and Joe Burrow will be that guy. Uh, One thing I will note, though, on the Cincinnati Bengals is I've heard rumors of them um, franchise tagging A.J. Green, which would probably be make, he'd be making somewhere in the 17 million dollar range or something ridiculous this year if AJ Green's franchise I don't get that I I don't get if he gets franchise tagged he is injury riddled and although I understand you'd be giving your rookie quarterback a very very solid core group of wide receivers um a a, an injury riddled AJ Green doesn't really uh doesn't really tickle my fancy in terms of a guy that I want to pay 18 million dollars but uh that is that is their move um, on to number two here after Joe Burrow gets selected. Chase Young is the next is the next pick here for the Washington Redskins. These first two picks, you guys, are, are not really that hard for me, I think, because uh, Chase Young is probably the best football player in this draft. Um, however, Joe Burrow, the need that the Dolphins have at quarterback, he's got to get taken first. And if the Washington Redskins have uh, that number two pick and they are getting the probably who is regarded as the best player in this draft at number two, they're sprinting up to that podium. Um, They're making their pick. And if they acquire a blue chip player like Chase Young, watch out for the Washington Redskins, especially if Dwayne Haskins can make that jump in his second year that we all need to see uh, at the NFL at that quarterback position. If Dwayne Haskins can kind of make some progression, the Washington Redskins defense is going to be scary and, and very reminiscent of what we just saw out of these uh, San Francisco 49ers who made a run to the Super Bowl. They have a lot of first round picks on, in, invested in that front uh, front seven, uh, especially on that defensive line. They've got a lot of good players on that defensive side of the ball. So Washington Redskins, especially if they get Chase Young, look out for them to be a dark horse 
um, or at least very much in the playoff conversation uh, come come late December there in, in this upcoming season. At number three overall, this is where things start to get a little bit interesting. The Detroit Lions, although they have a lot of different needs on this team, and they're kind of a team where you don't really know where they're at um, right now. They, they aren't a championship contender, although they have pieces in place where they can build around. Um, this is a prime spot for the, the Detroit Lions to trade out of. And for teams who are looking for a quarterback, probably to draft Tua Tagovailoa or even Justin Herbert, who knows, depending on the fit, these are where teams who are quarterback need, they can jump into this number three pick uh, for a draft hall, acquire their quarterback of the future, and, and more importantly, are, are hopping the Miami Dolphins and the Los Angeles Chargers. So keep an eye out here for this number three overall pick for the Detroit Lions to, to really move out of this spot. Um, if they do not, which in this mock draft 1.0, I'm going to say that that they do not, um, just for the purpose of this draft, uh, they, they have a lot of options here at number three overall. Um, there is conversation that they could take to a Tagovailoa. I don't see it happening. I think that even though he's had some injury issues in recent years, Matt Stafford is still more a more than capable quarterback and uh, probably their best option in Detroit right now. And as much as I want to to give them Isaiah Simmons, the linebacker out of Clemson here, because that might be their biggest need. Um, I'm going to say that they go ahead and take Jeff Okuda, the cornerback out of Ohio State. And, and the reason why I say they go and take him here is uh, they have Darius Slay on, on one corner uh, as, as the shutdown corner right now. Now, if they go and acquire Jeff Okuda here out of Ohio State, that gives them two absolute lockdown corners on, on, on that defense. Um, great starting points to really build their defense around. They also have Trey Flowers, who they acquired last year. They have Snacks Harrison, who they're trying to re-sign this year. There's a lot of good things happening on the defensive side of the ball for Detroit. However, Darius Slay also has a very uh, tradable contract this year. And with that being said, I do not expect the Detroit Lions, again, to be championship contenders this year. So if the Detroit Lions uh, have another down year and they aren't really poised to make the playoffs again, keep an eye for Darius Big Play Slay to get traded here at the trade deadline, leaving there a big hole at the cornerback position. So by drafting uh, Jeff Okuda here at uh, third overall, I think the Detroit Lions are almost being proactive in the sense, not only taking the best player available on the board, but they're take they're, they're stat, they're, they're almost, they're being proactive in the sense that they're drafting a need that they do not have just yet, but that they probably will have. Um, by week eight in, in, in this upcoming season. So Jeff Okuda, number three to the Detroit Lions. At number four, this is also an interesting pick because it's ahead of the Miami Dolphins here. The, the New York Giants hold the number four overall pick, and they have needs as well all over the place. But I expect them to get inquiries, in, inquiries in, in, into, you know, what would it take to, to get this number four overall pick? If if they do get offers, you know, they, they got to hear them out because... Uh, they, they're going to get a significant draft haul here and probably be able to, stat, to to address these needs that they have currently at number four. They'd be able to dra uh, address them later on in the draft anyways. But um, if they do not trade out of this spot, which it's a little less likely that they do than the Detroit Lions, um, just given the current state of their franchise, the, 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 the New York Giants have needs at offensive tackle um, big time. And... This is where I see Tristan Wirfs, the offensive tackle out of Ohio, going. 
Wirfs made some money at the combine. He had an outstanding um, day at, at the combine. And if he has an outstanding pro day as well, he's just going to raise his draft stock that much more. He is probably the most athletic tackle in this draft. Really fits exactly what the, uh, the New York Giants are trying to do and would really bolster this offensive line as well as you really need to protect your most prized possession, which is your quarterback, Daniel Jones. At number five overall, the Miami Dolphins are up. And if Tua Tagovailoa is still sitting there, you guys, it's an easy pick. Tua uh, is probably the quarterback with the biggest upside in this draft. Uh, if healthy and if he develops the way he should, this guy is being compared to the likes of Drew Brees and Russell Wilson all in one. And if that is the case, wow, um, that's exactly what the Miami Dolphins need. The Miami Dolphins, they have three picks, like I mentioned, in this first round. If they can go ahead and start this draft off by by uh, drafting what they expect to be the quarterback of their future, that's an A-plus pick for them. Um, moving on, to, let's move on to the sixth overall pick here. Uh, Los Angeles Chargers also have various needs, including an offensive tackle after uh, they just traded away their Pro Bowl tackle. But here, I'm going to also have them taking a quarterback, Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert, I've been watching him since uh, the college season ended. And he had a down year in college this year. Um, but the Senior Bowl came up. He balled out during the Senior Bowl week, uh, during the practice. And then he won MVP at the actual Senior Bowl. And then I see him at the NFL Combine. He was by far the best quarterback at the Combine. If he has as well a, a nice pro day, Justin Herbert probably just solidified himself as a top eight pick in this NFL draft, which is really good for him. He has everything you're looking for in a quarterback in terms of the measurables. Six foot six, got big hands, and 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 has the upside to really be just a solid starter at the next level here. So I, I have Justin Herbert, the quarterback out of Oregon, going six overall here. Now at seventh overall, the Carolina Panthers have a lot of different options here of great football players that they could address here. Um, now, I wanted to take Derek Brown here, the, the interior defensive lineman out of Auburn, um, given that that is the Carolina Panthers' biggest need. But you have Isaiah Simmons here, the freak linebacker slash safety out of Clemson. Luke Keekley just retired. And if Isaiah Simmons can come in and play that Mike linebacker, which he is fully capable of doing, um, not only that, but he's just a Swiss Army knife, really, on the defensive side of the ball. The Matt Rule in his first NFL draft is, is going to love this if, if Isaiah Simmons falls to him. He's going to have so much versatility in this player. Isaiah Simmons can, like I said, play play the Mike linebacker. He can play the Sam or the Will linebacker. Not only that, but he his measurables are that of a Cam Chancellor in the sense that he can go and he can be play strong safety if they need him to and move him, move him around, blitz him. Um, even play him in coverage if he if they need to because he's he's got that exceptional speed. Isaiah Simmons is a freak NFL player uh, or will be a freak NFL player. He's a freak athlete currently, um, and if he falls to number seven, that's an A plus plus pick for Matt Rule in his first ever NFL draft. Moving on to number eight overall, the Arizona Cardinals, another team with a lot of different a lot of different needs, but again similar to that of the New York Giants where they have to go and protect their most prized possession. They just re-signed DJ Humphreys, their left tackle, which was probably their number one priority on their checklist this year. And so that was really good for them. They signed him to a four-year deal. Now they need to go out and address the other side. And if they can go and take Jedrick Willis, the offensive tackle out of Alabama, here at, at, at number eight overall, 
What they have then is two bookends at their offensive tackle, protecting their most valuable possession in Kyler Murray. There are three things that an NFL team, the three most important positions in, in, in football. That's your quarterback, for obvious reasons. You have your offensive tackles, your left tackle, the blindside tackle specifically, but the right tackle is obviously very important as well. That's protecting your quarterback. Those are the two bookends protecting um, the most important position in all of sports. And then you also have an edge rusher. That's a guy who can go and get after the quarterback. So if you're addressing, anytime you're addressing and spending high draft capital on these one of these three positions or one of these four positions, you're expecting them to be an A-plus pick, and that, that really should be uh, an A-plus pick for you. So Jedrick Willis um, out of Alabama is very NFL-ready, a guy who can come and step in day one and, and take over that right tackle spot and really just have a great bookend combo to protect Kyler Murray for years to come. The Jacksonville Jaguars at number nine overall. This is a pick I'm really excited about, especially in my NFL, in my mock draft 1.0 here. Derek Brown, the interior defensive lineman out of Auburn. If he falls to them at number nine overall here, which I have him falling in this in this draft, but I'd be surprised. I would not be surprised if he didn't fall. If if he was the number three overall pick here, um, I would not be surprised because Derek Brown and a lot of um, big boards are he's probably the second or third best player in this draft uh, best football player overall Derek Brown is a guy that you really a centerpiece that you want to build your defense around he is comparable to the likes of even a Fletcher Cox in that in that or an Aaron Donald in that guy that you want to build your 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 defensive round around uh, he can get after the quarterback he can two gap uh, and, and and plug up the run this is just an all-around football player who will come in and make an immediate impact. And if the Jacksonville Jaguars go and take him at nine overall here, if he falls in their lap and they sprint up to the podium for this one, um, that will be back-to-back years with steals for the Jacksonville Jaguars as they drafted Josh Allen at the back half of the uh, at the ba- back half of the first round last or back half of the top ten last year, uh, number eight or or nine overall. I forget what it was, but Josh Allen went out and had. 10 and a half sacks as a rookie last year. So if they go out and take Derek Brown, this Jacksonville Jaguars defense, all of a sudden, especially if they can re-sign Yannick Ngakwe, this Jaguars defense is all of a sudden looking very comparable to that of when they were able to make their, that defense when they were able to make their run a few years ago to the AFC Championship. If they can start putting some pieces together, these core pieces together, this could be a scary defense in a couple of years here once again. At number 10 overall, the... Uh, Cleveland Browns, to wrap out the top 10 here, I think we're going to see our final uh, offensive tackle uh, get, uh, or another offensive tackle get taken off the board here, pardon me. These offensive tackles are going to fly off the board in the first round. We could probably see five of them go off, five or six of them go off in the first round here. Um, There's a lot of teams with that need, um, and there's a lot of good offensive tackles in this draft. So, Makai Becton, the absolute monstrosity of a human being out of Louisville. Measuring in at six foot seven, three hundred and seventy pounds is uh, again a monstrosity of a human being. But trust me and believe me, if you did not see his NFL combine, believe me when I tell you this guy can move. Um, ran a five point one zero in his forty yard dash, uh, which is really unfathomable. Uh, it, it was for me, anyways. I I, I really couldn't uh, I couldn't believe what I was watching when I when I saw the combine and I saw this guy moving. Uh, might run faster than me in a forty, so uh, which is which is incredible. Which he triples me up in size. But um, anyways, Mackay Becton is everything that you want in a 
in a offensive tackle. He is a bully in the run game, um, but like I said, he can move, so he can pass protect as well. He's going to be able to fit exactly what um, Kevin Stefanski and these Cleveland Browns are one do on the offensive side of the ball. So if the Cleveland Browns go out and get him at number 10 overall, um, that would be, a, uh, a again, another A pick for the, the Cleveland Browns. For the New York Jets here sitting at number 11 overall, they also have a need. Um, and I think this might be where we could see the first somewhat reach here uh, of the first round. Andrew Thomas, the offensive tackle out of Georgia. This might kind of raise some eyebrows, this pick. But again, you need to protect your most valuable possession, your quarterback. I have Andrew Thomas, the offensive tackle out of Georgia here, going to the New York Jets to protect Sam Darnold. I already made my made my point, sorry, before. You, you need a guy who can come in and protect your quarterback. And Andrew Thomas is a very capable tackle, a guy that I think will will step in um, and very very much compete for that job on, on day one. So a couple of back-to-back, maybe not so exciting picks for a lot of fans, but these are picks that need to be made. These are picks that, you know, the, the, the hog mollies that are not really given enough respect in the NFL, these are guys that are crucial to making your team tick. Uh, it begins in the in the trenches. So um, let's move on to number 12 overall. I could also see, actually, before I move on, I could also see the New York Jets. They have a desperate need at the wide receiver position, if you ask me. And C.D. Lamb is the best wide receiver in this draft. Um, I could very much see the, the New York Jets adding a very skilled skill player um, at 11 overall in C.D. Lamb. But at number 12 overall, I'm going to say that the Las Vegas Raiders actually go out and uh, acquire C.D. Lamb. Um, the Raiders have a bigger need at the linebacker position here this year, but I fully expect them. They have a lot of cap space. Um, they have over $57 million in cap space currently. I firmly believe the, the Las Vegas Raiders will go out and attend to this linebacker need via free agency. There are multiple solid players available uh, in free agency. Uh, Joe Schobert um, and Corey Littleton, just to name a couple, at that middle linebacker position. Um, it, it will fit exactly what the, the Raiders are trying to do. And they also have a second pick, so stay tuned for that one. Um, 13th overall, the Indianapolis Colts. This is another position where we could see a quarterback getting taken here. Um, but I think this is where we're going to start seeing the wide receivers kind of come off the board here. The Indianapolis Colts have T.Y. Hilton, but they haven't really ever established that number two. They've, they've had their runs with a couple of different players, but they just haven't really been able to establish that second solid option for them um, to help out their quarterback in T.Y. Hilton. With that being said, I want to take Jerry Judy here so bad um but something is just telling me that he's going to slip in this draft for whatever reason it may be i i really think henry ruggs the third the speed demon out of alabama is going to uh get drafted here by the indianapolis colts a, a guy who can just take the top off of a defense he brings exactly what a guy like tyree kill brings to the table and was probably the best op the best player that could uh break john ross's combine record here for the 40 this year, Henry Ruggs is going to bring some dynamic capabilities to this offense. Um, and, and along with T.Y. Hilton as your as your route running slash deep threat, Henry Ruggs is going to be able to really take over as being that deep threat, while T.Y. Hilton can work the uh, middle of the field there. So 
Um, I think this would be a really dynamic player for the Indianapolis Colts to, to add to their offense. This is where the draft is going to start getting a little bit interesting, I think, because uh, this is the more skilled positions, that the, the, the skill positions that we are expecting to be extremely deep. Uh, this, is, uh, this is where I think we're going to start seeing him coming off the board. Uh, at 14 overall, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, another team that can go in a lot of different directions here. I think we might see a surprise pick here. I'm going to say that Jordan Love, the quarterback out of Utah State, goes at 14th overall. And Bruce Arians, the uh, Buccaneers' second-year head coach here, is going to be able to uh, make a very firm impact on this Tampa Bay Buccaneers squad in a second year. He has already vocalized his uh, dis displeasures with uh, current quarterback Jameis Winston right now. And I think that Jordan Love is uh, definitely possesses about as much upside as you can ask out of any of the quarterbacks in this draft. He's been compared to Patrick Mahomes in some in some circles. I don't know if I see all of that. We'll see. That's pretty high comparison. But just that gunslinger mentality is uh, what Jordan Love brings to the table. I think uh, Bruce Arians will be able to really develop this player as we go along here. Maybe a lot of people don't see this as as the right fit. But I think that a team is going to take Jordan Love a little bit earlier than we would expect. Um, and I think with the need there at quarterback, I think why not, if you're Bruce Arians, go and take go and take a quarterback and who the guy you hope to be is the quarterback of your, of your future. Um, at 15th overall, another surprise pick I think is going to take place here. But that being Jerry Judy, probably the best player available on the board at this point still. 15th overall, probably slipped uh, more than a lot of people thought. But we always see people slip. Uh, in the NFL draft, Jerry Judy to the Denver Broncos would be huge. They had a big need at the cornerback position, but then John Elway went out and made a brilliant trade for AJ Bowie from the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars to fill that to fill that cornerback need. Um, so now the defensive side of the ball for the Denver Broncos is all of a sudden looking really, really nice. Um, the bat, their secondary help is looking nice, along with they have that stellar pass rush tandem of Von Miller and Brad Chubb. Brad Chubb is coming off of an ACL. You know he's going to be hungry uh, to make an impact in, in 2020. Um, this is, again, this is this tandem between Von Miller and Brad Chubb. That's a tandem that, that could very well get 30 sacks this year, to be honest with you. So we'll see what, what plays out there. But if they can add another weapon, they have breakout player Cortland Sutton from 2019 as, as uh, their number one. They have Jerry Judy they bring in here as, as their number two. That is a lot of firepower for a second-year quarterback, Drew Locke, to come in and, and play around with. So uh, 16th overall, the, at the midway point in this, in this draft, we have the Atlanta Falcons, who, like I said, have some cap issues. If they don't make um, any cuts here, I think that we could very well see the Falcons maybe trading back in this draft for, for uh, an edge rusher. And yes, trading back. Um, I said that, but uh, just to save a little bit of cap space. But if they don't move out of this 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 spot right here, I actually think that they need to take who maybe a, a lot of people are, are sleeping on a little bit right now. That's Javon Kinlaw. The interior defensive lineman out of South Carolina had a spectacular senior year at South Carolina. Um, one of the one of the best players in the SEC this year. 6'5", 315. Guy is twitched right up. Um, another guy like that of Derek Brown, where you want to build your defense around this guy. 
And if they already have Grady Jarrett on the interior of that line, if they start build, rebuilding this uh, defensive line from the interior, Grady Jarrett, Javon Kinlaw, um, they're probably going to lose Vic Beasley this, this year in free agency. They can start playing around on their edge, but uh, Javon Kinlaw added to the interior of this defense is kind of scary uh, for, for the Atlanta Falcons. So uh, I have Javon Kinlaw going to the Falcons at number 16th over, 16 overall. And now America's team, the Dallas Cowboys, at number 17 overall. C.J. Henderson, the quarterback out of Florida here. This is an easy pick for me, especially if he falls to 17. Cowboys have a need at the cornerback position. Byron Jones is going to be lost to free agency. I believe that he is the odd man out among him. that trio of Amari Cooper, Dak Prescott, and, and, and him. Um, I believe Byron Jones is the odd man out in terms of who the Cowboys are going to pay. And with that being said, that opens up a massive hole. And C.J. Henderson balled out at the uh, scouting combine this year and re really raised his draft stock. A guy who's probably supposed to go mid to even late round, first round. Maybe some people even had him going on day two of this draft. But now this is a guy who will, without a doubt, go on day one of this draft. Definitely showed the upside of to, to be a number one corner. Uh, and, and possesses some great size. Six foot one, over 200 pounds. Um, very solid size for, for a corner. Uh, so I think that the fit is there for the Dallas Cowboys and to really address a need right away. As soon as they lose a big-time player, they can go and acquire a big-time player right back at that position. That'd be a great pick. 18, 19, and 20 here. We have these teams who possess some multiple picks in the first round going back to back to back here, starting with the Miami Dolphins at 18. They just drafted their quarterback. And now they still have a need at the edge rusher. We, we, I talked about earlier the three most, most, most important positions on a football team, the quarterback and edge rusher and the offensive tackle. Listen, the offense, the run on offensive tackles kind of occurred earlier in that round. So I think that the Miami Dolphins might wait till the back half, their last pick in this first round, if not even on day two, to go acquire an offensive tackle who they like. But the edge rusher position, there is still a lot of solid edge rushers uh, in this draft available. Starting with... Uh, Clavon Chason out of LSU. If he's still sitting here, another great value pick for the uh, Miami Dolphins. They really need someone who can get after the quarterback in Miami there. So if they can once again go and take uh, the quarterback of their future and hopefully an edge rusher who they can continue to build this defense around, um, and especially this defensive line now adding a second first round pick to this defensive line alongside Christian Wilkins, the defensive tackle. That would be big time for the Miami Dolphins. Uh, Clavon Chason, number 18 overall to the Miami Dolphins. The Las Vegas Raiders at 19 overall now. Once again, uh, they still have this linebacker need. But uh, again, I still very firmly believe that they are going to be able to uh, address that in free agency. They also have the need at cornerback. They need, they need a lockdown corner over there. Christian Fulton. The cornerback out of LSU, we could see back-to-back -back Tigers taken off the board here. Six foot, 200 pounds, had, had a great senior year at LSU, a very highly touted player even since his uh, high school days. So Christian Fulton, I think, will be a great fit in this Las Vegas Raiders defense. Um, and if the Raiders can go out, acquire two very skilled positions here with wide receiver C.D. Lamb, and then they go out and take Christian Fulton Wow, the the, vague, the Raiders would have had back-to-back uh, -back fantastic drafts with Mike Mayock and, and uh, John Gruden at the helm. So exciting times ahead in, in, in Las Vegas. Uh, the Raiders are definitely a team who are starting 
to trend upwards. Um, they're they're making a lot of right decisions. So be excited, Vegas Vegas Raiders fans. Um, this team will definitely be fighting for a playoff spot, I believe, this year, uh, especially if they can make some of the right moves in free agency. The Jacksonville Jaguars have their second first-round pick here at number 20 overall, and they might need to take just the best player uh, available here to them at, at 20 overall. They have these edge rusher needs kind of covered, the defensive line covered at this point in the draft, and they need to just continue adding to this defense. They have their choice of Xavier McKinney out of Alabama or Grant Delpit, the safety out of LSU here at number 20 overall. They might want a guy who can come up and play in, in, in the box a little bit more, and that would be Grant Delpit out of LSU. Xavier McKinney is more of that single high safety. Um, you can play in that cover three with him, and he can roam the field the, to the likes of like an Earl Thomas kind of thing. Grant Delpit is a guy that you probably want there as, as your strong safety to come in, lay the boom, plays the same kind of role of that of a Derwin James plays or, or even a Jonathan Abram you see play with the with the Las Vegas Raiders. So Grant Delpit to the Jacksonville Jaguars would be a, uh, a substantial boost to that secondary along with uh, Derek Brown being added with that ninth overall pick. Wow, the, the Jacksonville Jaguars at this point are looking uh, fantastic. And I just realized with this draft as well, that would be three straight guys from LSU being taken off the board here um, <laughs> from the Dolphins, the Raiders, and uh, the Jaguars. Uh, that would be something in the first round. That'd be kind of exciting for LSU fans. Philadelphia Eagles here at the 21st overall pick. They have a substantial need at linebacker. And here is where guys who aren't really talked about as much, Patrick Queen, the linebacker out of LSU once again, or Kenneth Murray, the linebacker out of Oklahoma. These guys, I think, are going to start coming into conversation here at the back half of the first round. I'm going to say Kenneth Murray is maybe a little bit more rounded and polished as an overall player coming out of Oklahoma, can really come in and, and be that Mike linebacker for you if you need him to be or even play that strong side linebacker. Uh, the Eagles really need an upgrade here at the linebacker position. They, they could go out and take an, a wide receiver here as well. We saw what the injuries what injuries did to the philadelphia eagles last year and alshon jeffrey might just be on his way out the door as well so if that is the case would not be surprised to see a wide receiver taken here one of these dynamic wide receivers that are still left on the board if not i really think that they go and address uh, that very important linebacker position on the defensive side of the ball kenneth murray out of oklahoma keep an eye out on him as one of the two names that one of the two late first round linebackers to be taken off the board here along with Patrick Queen. The Buffalo Bills, I think, are going to make a nice splashy pick here at the back half of the first round. They have the need at edge rusher, but I'm going to say that they go and take one of these very talented wide receivers here and they go and acquire who they truly believe is probably an X receiver. They 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 obviously acquired Cole Beasley, John Brown in free agency but these guys are both right around that six under six foot mark and uh, they don't have a true x receiver although they made it work they don't have a true x receiver in this offense so i think they need to go and get that guy justin jefferson out of lsu or lavisca chanel jr are the two guys that come to my mind here i'm gonna go with lavisca chanel jr here um the out of out of colorado the wide receiver showed dynamic ball skills and playmaking ability here uh, in the Pac-12 uh, in his junior year. Six foot two, 
220 pounds, a true X receiver here, exactly what the Bills offense needs. The Bills are making a run here, people. The, the Bills are, they have shown that they have exactly what they need, the pieces that they need in place to make a run here. And they need to add more pieces to this offense for their very talented, talented quarterback, uh, Josh Allen. That is something that is talked about um, not enough, is that the amount that you need to help your rookie, their, your young quarterback, pardon me, uh, in his in his early years, is, is you got to put talent around him. They added John Brown, they added Cole Beasley, that is fantastic. Now they go, they need to go and add another weapon for him. If he, if he has, and, they, and he has Devin Singletary as well now, if he can have the weapons that he needs around him to really continue to progress as an NFL quarterback, that's exactly what he needs. And, and, and I think that he'll flourish. Uh, he'll continue to flourish, Josh Allen. I think you'll con continue to see not only um, his athletic abilities develop, but you'll be able to see his arm talent develop as well. Uh, his, his, his mind, especially. The arm talent is all there, but uh, his, his actual mental football IQ will continue to, de to develop. I think that'd be an exciting pick for the Buffalo Bills and their fan base. The New England Patriots at 23 overall have a desperate, desperate need at edge rusher since letting Trey Flowers go. Keep an eye on Chase Winovich, um, an edge rusher who they drafted, I believe it was last year, um, in the third round of the draft. I couldn't believe he fell that far, but Chase Winovich, uh, I believe he played for the, the Michigan Wolverines. Um, he might make a big jump in his second year. And if they can add another guy uh, alongside him, and, uh, who I believe to be AJ Epinesa, the edge rusher out of Ohio. Um, that would be a that could be a dynamic tandem that emerges in in Foxborough, Massachusetts. The New England Patriots taking AJ Epinesa here will allow them to move him inside or outside. I've heard that AJ Epinesa is actually a guy who, if he added ten pounds, um, he could probably play inside. And and after watching his tape, this guy really is dynamic on the edge but even more dynamic on the inside he's a true force on the inside who can still who has a run stopping ability um, but is long and and can really get around these guards and centers on the inside to get after the quarterback so new england patriots taking aj epinesi here at 23 overall would be a really exciting pick for the new england patriots and, and addressing a very big need that they have uh, currently the new orleans saints um, a lot of discussion here that they could you know, even trade up or they could have taken J Jordan Love here out of Utah State. By this point in the draft, though, Jordan Love is uh, long gone. And the New Orleans Saints are one of these teams where kind of like the Indianapolis Colts, they have that number one wide receiver and Michael Thomas, obviously, but they're still kind of looking for that number two guy to, to, to really take over and help out quarterback Drew Brees in this offense. So with that being said, a guy that I want to actually fall to my Green Bay Packers, uh, Jalen Rigor, the wide receiver out of TCU here. If he goes to the uh, New Orleans Saints, wow, this guy is a burner, a speed burner, but also a guy who possesses the side, size to run these routes inside. 5'11", 195, he's weighing in at, again, speed demon, um, but but this guy really can run the, the inside routes as well. Great run route running ability as well. So can really uh, contribute to the Saints offense and 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 do exactly what what these Saints want him to do. I think he'd be a great fit in this offense for Sean Payton to really play around with. So uh, that would be a really exciting and interesting pick, actually. Just making that pick. That, that's uh yeah, that's a very interesting pick for the 
for the New Orleans Saints. Jalen Rigor, wide receiver at TCU, and keep an eye on his name too after he gets drafted to whatever team he gets drafted to. Um, this is a kid who who's really going to make an impact, I believe, in his first year. Uh, because whatever offense he goes to here, I think it'll be in the back half of the first round. Whatever offense he ends up going to, he might be kind of like that Debo Samuel type player where he makes that big of an impact. Or an A.J. Brown type player where he makes that big of an impact in his rookie year at, at the wide receiver position. The Minnesota Vikings at 25th overall. Um, if they get rid of Xavier Rhodes, which I, I think they might, then this opens up a hole at the cornerback position because they also have Trey Waynes that is currently being wait, waiting to be re-signed as well. They're going to have a huge hole here at the cornerback position. They they need to go and they have to address this. There's also another need that they have on their offensive line, which is uh, very clear, has been very clear for a couple years now. But I think that interior offensive line is someone they can go in and address on day two of this draft. So I'm going to say that the... Minnesota Vikings go out and take the best cornerback still left in, in, in this first uh, on on this day one. I'm gonna say it's Trayvon Diggs, the cornerback out of uh, out of Alabama. Trayvon Diggs possesses the size, six foot two, uh, two oh seven, and a guy who, after watching more and more of his tape and listening to what people have to say about him would be a spectacular fit in this Minnesota Vikings defense. Another guy, a guy who would really thrive in a cover three system. So that of uh, the Seattle Seahawks, even uh, if he end up falling to, to the Seattle Seahawks, very lengthy corner is very raw in his, uh, in his abilities and his footwork and, and whatnot, very raw corner, but possesses the length and spectacular ball skills. Really, he's just a wide receiver on the defensive side of the ball. He just goes up and, and, and makes a play on the ball. So uh, would be a really exciting addition for this, for this Minnesota Vikings defense. Um, isn't necessarily that lockdown guy like an Xavier Rhodes where he's physical and, and can put him on an island. Um, but you throw this guy in a cover three scheme, uh, and, and, and if, if, if Mike Zimmer can, can really put this player in a position to where he can thrive, I don't see why Trayvon Diggs can't become a, a, another big-time cornerback in this Mike Zimmer defense. Miami Dolphins are at 26 overall once again for the third time in this first in in this first round. I think they go and make another kind of a splashy pick here. DeAndre Swift, the running back out of Georgia, probably the best running back in this draft. There's a lot of conversation about him, Jonathan Taylor, even J.K. Dobbins. I think DeAndre Swift is the best best running back in this draft. Possesses everything that you want in a running back. Can run inside, outside. Can catch the ball. Um, he he is. The running back a little bit undersized though weighing and uh coming in at five foot nine but he's thick 215 pounds exactly what you want to see out of a guy who can run inside so uh and then the miami dolphins are kind of struggling at that running back position where kalen balage they don't really they just they just traded away kenyon drake last year to the cardinals um they're kind of bouncing around who knows what the miami dolphins are doing so if they can get deandre swift to come in out of georgia they also have Tua Tagovailoa here um, that could be a nice little backfield tandem here for a few years once Tua gets a little, once Tua gets healthy. One thing I also failed to mention here at that fifth overall pick, Tua Tagovailoa. Another reason why he is a really great fit for the Miami Dolphins. He's he's hurt right now, and and if he goes to the Miami Dolphins, he's not in any rush to come back. The the Dolphins have Ryan Fitzpatrick there as their current starting quarterback. They even have uh, Josh Rosen there right now as another quarterback. Quarterback. So. Tua Tagovailoa can be that third string quarterback right now in his rookie year. He can essentially be redshirted in that rookie year. 
and he can get fully healthy, learn the playbook, sit behind Ryan Fitzpatrick, who is clearly a guy who uh, anybody would want to learn from. Maybe not how to throw interceptions, you know, uh, in that gunslinger mentality, but definitely how to be a consummate professional. Tua Tagovailoa is that would be a great opportunity for him to go in and sit behind Ryan Fitzpatrick. So, and then in year in his year two, once Ryan Fitzpatrick might finally retire and Josh Rosen will definitely not be the quarterback of the future, but um, you know, Tua can come in and finally take the keys to the car and 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 drive off with it after he learned how to drive it. You know, from from Ryan Fitzpatrick. So. Um, that's another reason why I love that Tua to the, to the Dolphins pick. Seattle Seahawks at 27th overall. Um, they have a variety of needs, but they the no none more bigger possibly than the edge rusher position. Who knows what's happening with Jadavian Clowney? Even if Jadavian Clowney gets re-signed, they're still going to have a need on on the other side of that of that uh, of that line. So I'm going to say Yuter Gross Matos, the edge rusher out of Penn State who's kind of a guy who's flying a little bit under the radar here. Um, one of the top rated pass rushers in this draft, six foot five, long, uh, long, long edge rusher, who is also, you know, really said to be very relentless, um, a very, just a hard working kind of edge rusher to get after the quarterback. I heard somebody say, refer to him as a, a lunch pail guy in the sense he just puts on his hard hat and he goes to work. You know, so um, that would be that's a Pete Carroll guy if I ever heard one. So Yuter Gross Matos, the edge rusher out of Penn State, I think would be a great fit here for the Seattle Seahawks. Again, if Trayvon Diggs falls to the Seattle Seahawks, I would not be surprised if the if the Seahawks go and take that cornerback here. That that's a guy who you know uh, really almost seems just made for 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 Pete Carroll um, that cornerback. But Yuter Gross Matos. A very good second option here if he falls to the Seattle Seahawks. I like that pick for the Seahawks. Um, 28th overall is the Baltimore Ravens who are coming off of an exciting year um, that kind of got abruptly ended <laughs> by the Tennessee Titans. They just got in, in front of the Derrick Henry train there, unfortunately for them. But uh, they have a significant need here on their, defensive, on, on their defensive line, interior defensive line. Now, we have... Patrick Queen, the linebacker that I mentioned out of LSU, is still available here. And the Baltimore Ravens also have a need at the, have a need at that linebacker position. But so I could very well see Patrick Queen here being in the conversation. But what I'm gonna say here is Ross Blacklock, the interior defensive lineman out of TCU, he's starting to gain some recognition as of late here. Another guy with a high motor, a lot of twitch. Uh, Ross Blacklock would be. A great addition for them can really plug the run here. 6'4, 305. Wow. I'm seeing an NFL comparison here to that of Gerald McCoy. Just a big time run plugger who can uh, who can still very well get after the quarterback for you. So if Ross Blacklock falls to the uh, Baltimore Ravens, that'd be an, uh, just another stellar defensive player added to a, uh, a team with a stellar history of defensive players. Um, in the Baltimore Ravens. So Ross Blacklock, 28th overall, a guy who I could really see going even earlier in this first round, Ross Blacklock. So keep an eye on his name as well as we approach draft day. His draft stock might continue to uh, increase here. The Tennessee Titans here at 29 overall, they have Jack Conklin who they're trying to get locked up long term here, but he's going to be commanding. I could very well see him making 15, 16, even $17 million a year here. Um, at that at that tackle position 
if he does not re-sign, this could be a place where we see the Tennessee Titans reach for an offensive tackle. If not, if they can get Jack Conklin locked up, which hopefully they do, then they just their next biggest need becomes the edge rusher. And uh, the, the best edge rusher in this draft would be Zach Bond out of Wisconsin. Big Wisconsin boy, six foot three, 240 pounds, guy who might need to develop a little bit. Um, but they have Harold Landry there, a guy who can make a dynamic tandem with Harold Landry uh, in the coming years. That uh, it, the, the Tennessee Titans just really continue to add edge rushers and defensive players to this to this defense. That you you need to keep adding to this to these defensive lines um, and offensive lines because these are guys who are are so crucial. And and we see in a lot of Super Bowl championship teams. Uh, one big common thing is that they have guys that they can rotate in their pass rush. You know, we saw it with the Patriots. We saw it with the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, I mean, the San Francisco 49ers were leading for a lot of the Super Bowl there. Um, and they obviously have a, a stellar pass rush that they rotation that they can get in and out there. The Tennessee Titans are starting to develop, develop that exact same thing where they can have a solid rotation of guys that they can come in and get after the quarterback, fresh legs. So Zach Bond might be that guy uh, to add to that 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 pass rush um, uh, that pass rush rotation part of me that they have in, in Nashville. My Green Bay Packers at number thirty overall. Listen, they have the needed offensive tackle because I do not think that Brian Bulog is going to be coming back. However, they do have guys that they can shift over to that tackle position. So um, maybe the tackle, the right tackle position, is a position they go and address maybe on day two. But currently, I think they really need to address the most significant need that they have, um, especially on the offensive side of the ball. They need to keep their quarterback happy, Mr. Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I'm going to say they take T. Higgins here. Wide receiver out of Clemson, six foot four, 215, true X receiver. Um, I'm really excited about T. Higgins to see what he can do at the next level. Um, Clemson's obviously had some high success rate at the next level from that wide receiver position. Um, including Sammy Watkins and DeAndre Hopkins, to name a few. But T. Higgins would come in and allow the Packers to move Devontae Adams to that slot position almost full-time and let him wreak havoc in that slot position while T. Higgins kind of um, secures the perimeter there. The Packers have obviously tried multiple people out at that out at that uh, outside position as the number two option to Devontae Adams. Um, not too many have really worked out there. We, we've seen the emergence of Alan Lazard uh, last year, and I expect him to take a, on more of a full-time role next year. But if they can add T. Higgins, that really adds some juice to this offense, have a possibly a dynamic trio at the wide, wide receiver position, along with Aaron Jones and Jamal Adams, and of course Aaron Rodgers in that backfield. So Packers offense, if they draft a, one of these highly touted wide receivers, Packers offense could be looking Pretty scary once again come 2020. Let's hope so. 31 overall, the San Francisco 49ers. And the 49ers have a variety of needs. Um, they have they have some interesting guys that, that are set to hit free agency here, here with uh, Eric Armstead set to hit free agency. Jimmy Ward, uh, the free safety, is set to hit free agency. So a safety is really kind of of need for the 49ers. Eric Armstead being if he gets if he is lost to free agency, which I don't think they will lose him. I think they'll re-sign him just to keep that dynamic uh, pass rush rotation going. If they can keep him, they probably won't be re-signing Jimmy Ward, creating a need at that safety position. And 
there is no better fit left for this uh, Niners defense than Xavier McKinney, the safety out of Alabama. Like I already said, um, he can he he is one of those guys that you want to see in the back back half, just playing in that maybe even a cover three. Needs to develop a little bit uh, in terms of his range, but is a guy who could develop into one of those elite free ranging safeties on the back end. Uh, Xavier McKinney out of Alabama, that would be really just a gift to the to the 49ers, uh, especially the way my mock draft played out here. If, if that happens, I think that would uh, the, the 49ers would be kind of laughing about that one, getting, getting this caliber of a player at the back half of the first round. And to close out our first round, we have the Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs, um, who might make a surprise pick here to, to close out this first round. Jonathan Taylor. The running back out of Wisconsin really turned some heads here. I don't think that a lot of people were expecting him to perform as well as he did at the Combine. Really made himself some money and put himself into that first round conversation. This was a guy who a lot of people saw just kind of going on day two in that second round, maybe mid-second round player. But a guy who has everything that you want at the running back position, but he has a lot of miles on him. You know, he was... uh, at Wisconsin, he was the guy for a lot of years there, so he does have some miles to him. So I don't really love him as a player, um, but if he can stay healthy, you know uh, the Kansas City Chiefs have some issues at the running back position. Yes, Damian Williams, who I thought probably should have won Super Bowl MVP, Damian Williams, you know he came on for the Kansas City Chiefs last year in the playoffs, but before that, he's they were really kind of bouncing around with running backs and Jonathan Taylor I think if they add him and Damian Williams together can really provide a nice one-two punch in that backfield for alongside Patrick Mahomes especially if the Kansas City Chiefs are going to be losing Sammy Watkins they might need another playmaker on the on that side of the ball Jonathan Taylor would uh, is a guy who you just want to throw in there on third and one and let him go and work uh, you know get get his pads low and go get you that one two yards that you need on on a crucial down um, so Jonathan Taylor to close out this first round. Uh, just a couple of notables just to recap here. Joe Burrow, number one overall. Um, Tua Tagovailoa went to number five overall. We saw Isaiah Simmons drop to the Carolina Panthers. CeeDee Lamb and Henry Ruggs went off the board to the Raiders and Colts respectively at 12 and, 12 and 13. Jordan Love went at number 14 overall to the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We saw the interior defensive lineman who's gaining height, Ross Blacklock, uh, fall to the Baltimore Ravens. My Green Bay Packers got T. Higgins, the wide receiver out of Clemson, to add to that offense. And closing out the first round was Jonathan Taylor, the running back out of Wisconsin. I hope you guys enjoyed my first round mock draft. What I'm hoping to do here as we get closer to the draft is uh, maybe talk about some of the free agents. Um, and 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 maybe recap free agency frenzy once again this year. Hopefully, I have the time. Um, along with that, is when we get really close to the draft, I'm hoping to get together a group of of individuals to really have a monster first round mock draft with maybe some trades and and discuss what we can really see happening here as we gain more clarity uh, as we as we approach the draft here. So. I hope you guys enjoyed that. If you guys want to leave some comments on the, if you guys are listening on Apple Podcasts and you guys want to leave comments, um, that is much appreciated. Otherwise, thank you guys for listening once again to the Outsiders NFL Podcast. I'm Josh Frysam. We'll see you guys next time.